Hello and welcome to this podcast by Pastor Tony Paolo. You've tuned in for the day of the great adoption. Enjoy the message. Let's turn uh, to our Bibles in Matthew chapter 1. As we talk about the day of the great adoption. The day of the great adoption. And this is a part of the Christmas story. You know what? I've been preaching at this church nine years of Christmas messages. Every time it's Christmas, you can always talk about, you know, Sonia, Joseph and Mary and Jesus and all that stuff. So I've been preaching nine years of Christmas messages. And I have, and and I'm thinking about that, there's always more to the Christmas story that we don't know about. And this is why I always pray. I say, God, help me to glean something from your word that I've never seen before, okay? And I want to bring an interesting part of this story that I, maybe you have, you know, heard, but I've never heard this part of the story about Joseph adopting Jesus. And we're going to talk about it in Matthew chapter 1. Because we hear about Mary, if you, if you sing in Christmas carol songs and, and, and cards and stuff like that, more than likely you're going to hear about Mary. But we really don't hear about Joseph. And, uh, but he's pretty important, vital role in the whole story of, of Christ and coming down to earth and stuff like that. But the Bible just basically talks about Joseph like a couple of times, and then that's it. We don't hear any, it's kind of mean. I mean, we don't hear anything else about Joseph. But I pray that God stirs something up um, this morning uh, in, in the context of our message this t- today, that there's going to be something that's highly relevant to our walk with Jesus, and, um, and it's going to be dynamic to our perspective. So let's read from Matthew chapter 1. We're going to go, we're not going to read the genealogy, <clears throat> unless you want to. Okay. No, you're not interested in hearing the word? Wow. Okay. Yeah, neither do I. Okay, so we're going to go skip the first 17 verses, <laughs> unless you really, really want to. Verse 18. Now, let's read this now as if you're reading this story for the very, very first time. And let's actually read this story as if we were talking about someone else besides Jesus. Because I want, I want you to pick up on the sensationalism of this story. And how this story is completely anti-cultural to our culture now for the most part. And especially in this culture, how everything fleshed out was really crazy. Okay, read it for the first time. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to publicly expose her to disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Everybody say, Joseph, son of David. That's an important factor. Okay? Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son And he gave him the name 
Jesus. So think about this story, because we're going to process this whole, uh, this whole drama, really, when we think about it. When we think about Joseph's role, because think about Joseph's role now. Any man in their right mind would have serious issues with their fiance being pregnant, especially if that's not his baby. Think about it. this would, and I thought about like what if Joseph's called up the church, if Joseph called up Stephanie and, and Stephanie, right? Usually, you know, she said, okay, is this personal? Is this financial? And they, they're kind of, you know, you don't have to, but get kind of a little glimpse of, of what the counseling session is going to be about. And she'll, Stephanie will ask, okay, Joseph, what is this about? Well, I got to tell you, I was engaged to be married to Mary, Mary and I uh, found out she was pregnant and the baby's not my child. Oh, yeah, you need to talk to Pastor Tony about that one. <laughs> Now think about it, and, and when I think about what kind of, I would give very godly advice, like, Joseph, what's going on? Wow, wow, oh, that's bad, yeah, yeah, well, Joe, and it, it, think about it. if he was going to your small group now, think about, it, 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 you would say, cut it off with Mary, what, the baby's not yours? Oh, you're not the baby daddy? Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, and then think about, uh, and then we would say something like, well, okay, Mary, we'll send Mary, yeah, we gotta, we'll send Mary to Grace's small group, you know, they'll love on her, they'll, 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 pre- they'll help her. Mary's 13 years old, I don't know if you know that. She's a kid, she's 13, and, and we'll send Mary to uh, Grace's small group, and, and Grace would help her, and Grace said, well, you know what, um, let's, let's, yeah, we'll give the baby up for adoption, and when the baby gives birth, we'll go to the... You know, we'll, we'll, set up, we'll set her up with an adoption center. I mean, this, is a, this story is so sensationalistic, so dramatic, so crazy, so anti-everything, but God was in it. God, this story would qualify, I, I just found out it was Maury Povich. Joseph, you are not the father. <laughs> it's so, it's so crazy, but God was in it. And this just really gives me, encourage, gives me a sense of encouragement when I see something unfolding in my life that's so crazy and chaotic and so dramatic and so confusing. It doesn't mean that God's not a part of what he wants to do in my life. See, God doesn't mind when we perceive something as chaotic and confusing. He does not mind when we think, oh my goodness, God is not in control. And we think of, God, you have to come through because I'm thinking you're out of, you're out of control. He's so comfortable in his sovereignty that he's not going to come to your rescue just because we think he's out of control and he's not in control. He comes to our rescue when we're ready for him to come to, to our rescue. And when we think of how this story is unfolding right now in its craziness, we have thousands of years of prophecy unfolding in several moments right here. Think of Mary now, 13, 14 years old, Joseph as, as old as 17, maybe, nine, maybe 19. And, 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 and think about Mary in her typical Jewish family. They would sit every evening and they would talk about the things of the Lord, like in book of Deuteronomy, sit around and talk about the things of the Lord. Talk about your children and your children's children. So Mary was in a typical Jewish family where she would sit around and hear stories and the prophetic utterances of the Isaiah the prophet of the Messiah coming. Jesus the Messiah is coming. I can't wait. Wow. He's going to be born of a virgin. Oh my goodness, that is so exciting. Think about now this knowledge that Mary has. And all of a sudden an angel appears to Mary and Mary, and the angel says, Mary, you're it. And he's like, what? Think about now. 
that, that she was going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And what did she do with that information? She went right on Facebook. Boom. Took a selfie with the angel. No. What did she do? She, she, she. I gotta tell you what. I mean, if I was going to be the recipient that was going to unleash the Savior of the world, I would be saying, hey, guys, listen up. I have great news. This is exciting. Oh, my. Think about what the average lady would just be on Facebook. On social media, blasting. But Mary, keep this. See, when God is about to do something great in your life, you don't want to prematurely share something that God is about to do in your life until it's ready. So it took, and at first Joseph wasn't quite too sure. I don't know. I'm not sure about this plan. And uh, and the Bible doesn't really talk about how Mary told Joseph, but in reality, when we see it unfold, we know that Mary told, tells Joseph, and then in verse 20, the angel comes. So if you allow me, just use our imagination when Mary and Joseph got, when, when they connected, and Mary told Joseph for the first time the news that she was pregnant, because they agreed. They agreed. They said, you know what? We're going to remain pure. We're going to do this the right way. We're not going to live together. Hmm, okay. <laughs> We're not going to live together before we get married to see how things work out. And so, so they get together and Mary sends Joseph a text. Hey, listen, meet me at Starbucks. I have some news to tell you. And, and Joseph, and, and usually you know, he, he can kind of get the tone through text messaging, you know. And, and you know how text, you know, whatever. So anyway, so he gets the tone like, okay, something's up here. And so he meets her at Starbucks, and she doesn't get her usual drink. She gets something unusual. It was kind of decaf since when? Yeah. <laughs> since when do you drink that? And, and, and so he's like, hey, you know, um, what's going on? And the, the one piece of, of information that he would have least likely guessed in a million years, she said it. She said to Joseph, I'm pregnant. And Joseph at that moment probably cried more on that day than he had ever cried in his entire life. He, think of the emotions he was filled with now. Because th- we think that this is, oh, this is such a beautiful story. And it's, it is beautiful, but it wasn't clean. It, 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 this, would, this, this could easily be a, 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 a drama reality show on CW. Easily. It's probably a show that we'd be saying, it's not appropriate to watch. But God was in it. And Joseph was filled with anger. He was filled with betrayal. He was filled with rejection. He says, Mary, how could you? I thought we, we decided. We were for each other. We were pledged to be married. And the confusing part of this here is that they were pledged to be married, but they were being called husband and wife. And, you know, they had this thing, that the, the phrase in the, in, the old, in the newer translations, pledged to be married, we compare it to the older translations, with, which was a betrothal which is similar to an engagement, but not quite as the same because it's a hundred times more serious. The period of betrothal was a one-year waiting period where before the marriage, and it was just as serious as marriage, but you didn't have all the relationship of marriage. And, and it was basically to, to, to a, a time period to test faithfulness and commitment. 
So during that time, you were, the, the commitment was the same as marriage. So if anything went wrong, you had the ability to divorce during that bet- period of betrothal. So when Mary says this to Joseph, Joseph immediately says, okay, divorce. I went to see my pastor. And I went to see my small group. And there would be, there, was, there is no guy here today that would say, yeah, I'll still marry you. Any person in their right mind said, this is not, and it's not right. But Joseph went ahead with the plan because God, he knew that God had a plan. And, and it took a, a visitation from the angel, though. Something like that. Then I'm, I'm reminded of how many times I've said, God, I need a word. God, I need a confirmation. How many times have you said, I need a word? And how many, and the reality is that a lot of people that say, I need a word, and they come to me and they say, Pastor, I'm just asking God for a word. And then I ask, what are you doing with what he's given you already? If God can just tell me, I'm so convinced that even if he sent an angel, you would still do what you want to do. It it would take an angel to come and convince you, and then you would say, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. So it it took an angel now. Joseph is 17, Mary is 13, uh, uh, 14. and, And the very thing that Joseph it rocked his world. He's like, wow, I just, I don't understand what is going on. So he says, I have, okay, I'm, I'm just going to divorce her. That's the only logical thing now. And I want you to consider now, this is important. Consider the integrity of Joseph. We read very little about him in, in, in the story of, of Jesus. But consider how he handled this. Because he could have said, I am done with you called up the elders of Nazareth, because in this time, if a woman has an adulterous affair, what do they do? They send her in the marketplace, and what do they do? They stone her to death. This is the story of Jesus later on, where Jesus says to the Pharisees, if you're without sin, you be the first one to throw a stone. So Joseph could have said, you know what? I'm making some calls. I'm sending a couple of text messages, and we're going to close this thing out because i got to preserve my reputation. But Joseph said, it's not about me. It's about the plan of God on this life. It's about the plan of God. And Joseph had to protect the integrity of God's hand on the plan. That's it. I began thinking about how Joseph had to now, because we're so driven by the principle of self-preservation. It's about me. I got to protect my reputation. I gotta, I, I gotta clear up the confusion about me. There's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of, uh, I gotta vindicate myself. Have you ever spoken up for yourself and it made things worse? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind. I shouldn't have done that. Have you ever said something and wish, I shouldn't have said that. I should have said this. But in reality, we learn a lesson from Joseph that the best thing to do sometimes is to keep your mouth shut. Yes, I said it. And this is what he did. How do you protect the process when you know God is involved? If you know God is doing something in your life and you're saying, it doesn't make sense, this, is un- this doesn't make sense, this is unfair, this is so mean, God, why are you allowing this to happen? I'm- this is not just, this is not good, this is so evil. But, but God was in it. God was in it. See, God trusted Joseph with something that he didn't trust Zechariah with. Think about when John the Baptist was about to be born and the angel came to Zechariah and says, listen, your wife Elizabeth is going to have a child. And Zechariah says, 
That's not going to happen. And God says, I'm going to close, I'm going to seal your mouth until the birth. Now with Joseph, Joseph didn't require divine intervention to seal his mouth. He did that all by himself. And when we seal our mouths, what happens now when we're going through the process here and we know God is doing something and we want to speak up to make things right, we sabotage the process when God is doing something. And the best thing that we can do is to do what Joseph did, is to close our mouth. And in verse 19, it says, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. Think of how the average person would have handled this. Think about how angry we get when we're wronged. I could just say this and I could make everything right. I want to explain myself. And I've been in those places when I've said, I'm going to explain myself. And God says, Palo, keep your mouth closed. Because it's the difference between the Holy Spirit vindicating you and you vindicating yourself. You see, when I vindicated myself... I've vindicated myself, but I've left a male a mess in the process. When the Holy Spirit vindicates you, you're like, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because in the process of Joseph, I'm going to, you know, i got to make sure, you know, because there were rumors flying around. This was a small town, Nazareth. People know, wow, Mary's got a little bump there. What's going on? Is that a baby bump? Why is she vomiting so much? Especially in the mornings. She never ate peanut butter and tuna fish before. Wow, what's that? See, how you handle, how you handle controversy is an indicator of your spirituality. You want to make things right, I'm going to show them that I'm, I'm a man of God. You know, how, why is it so hard to keep my mouth closed? That also includes Facebook, because you don't talk, but you type. Out of the abundance of the heart, the fingers type. That's the same as speaking. I don't know if you knew that. Some of you didn't know that. All right, I'm going to preach a message on that. Just that alone. Please don't open your mouth and sabotage what God has planned for you. And for Joseph, protecting Mary's reputation was vital for the mission to survive. What was the mission? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph could have said, you know what? I ain't the baby's daddy. I got a couple of hundred dollars. Let's go pay a visit to the clinic and take care of this thing. But Joseph said, see, I, 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 often, I often find times where God wants to birth something, and I'm so quick to abort it just because it doesn't make sense. God says, I have a plan. I'm like, that's messy. I rebuke the devil, and God's like, it's me. So when we take this story and, and, and remove the Christian perspective of it and put it in a book in a library, we would say, man, this is like a, this is a soap opera right here. This, this would qualify for reality TV in its sensationalism because it's completely anti-culture and it's unacceptable, but God was in it. And because God was in it, so there are times when we have to make sure if God promises something and the promise is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, but the journey along the way was a complete disaster. I love the promise, but I would have chosen a different venue to get there. God says, nope, 
I am going to make this happen. Joseph was afraid. He was angry. He was ashamed. All the, he, he, was, he, he was disappointed. This is not how, this is, pastor, this is not how, how I had it planned out in my head. Oh, I, I, love, I love the end result. That's beautiful. But this, this is not how, because I, I love the promise. And oftentimes what happens is when God promises something, you know what I do? I go, okay, let me have some, I'm going to develop a, a plan to get there. Because I have really good ideas. And they make sense. And, and they, 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 if you were to paint a picture, you would say, everything is clear from beginning to end. Not God. Because he says you're to walk by faith. And in order for us to walk by faith, there's going to be times where things are not going to be clear. I'm just asking God for clarity. Well, if he gave you that, where would faith fit in? I just want God to tell me what the next step is. Do you really? I'm so grateful where God hasn't told me the next step. Because there have been times in my life where I would say, whoa, time out. Hold on, hold on. I'm not really feeling comfortable with this. But Joseph was convinced that God had a plan. I didn't say Joseph was perfectly comfortable with it. I'm saying that he, had, he knew that God had a plan. And trusting God doesn't mean you have to be comfortable. So, so far, Joseph was passing. He was passing. He was passing the test. How do you handle gossip? Joseph was handling gossip. Joseph, in a, in a typical community, is small. Joseph, we think, you know, in our minds, we hear the Christmas story, and we, we think the angel came to Mary and Joseph, and, and they went, oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay. Let's go do this. No, there was conflict. There was, think about the internal conflict you walk through when you're getting there, wherever there is. You're like, ah, oh, keeping you up at night. Finding out what, what is going on. How, but how do you handle now when somebody wrongs you, gossip and rumors and personal attacks and people talking about you and confusion? You know what? I have learned as much as everything within me wants to speak up, I have learned, and it's difficult. I'm not the expert. But I have learned, close my mouth. Close my mouth. And this is what Joseph did. He could have spoken up, but, I mean, we're talking about thousands of years of prophecies, and he could have said, no, this is awful. I'm being wronged. And in the community, in the Jewish community, it was important for a man to speak up for his own character and say, and this is why he says, I'm just going to keep this on the down low. Because if he protected Mary, he protected himself. If he protected Mary, he protected himself. If he protected himself, he protected the plan of God for his life. That's how you handle. If you know God is doing something in your life, what did Mary do? She, it was so overwhelming, she pondered it. And if God promises something, and then he confirms it, why in the world would you ask people for prayer? He said, I'm going to do it. Then he said it again. I'm going to do it. Oh, I need prayer. For what? Oh, that God would send the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Hold on. Why are we praying for something that he said he was going to do? So what did Mary? She treasured. She just, oh, the, the, you, know, you know that last piece of cheesecake? The last piece of cheesecake is more valuable than the first one. Why? Because it's the last one. And there's five people looking at it. So glad you're with me there. Jesus, we're going to have an altar call now. So, so trusting God, everyone, everyone is godly. Oh, I'm a man of God. Well, let's see you. Everyone is godly until they walk through a test. See, a test will reveal 
the dark side. <laughs> and let's look at Joseph again. Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 now. This is the angel coming to Joseph. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You see, the plan is ordained by the Holy Spirit. I want to know, is your decision that you are about to make regarding the plan that's ordained by the Holy Spirit, is the decision that you are about to make regarding the plan ordained by the Holy Spirit? And this is why you got to be led by the Lord. And leading, following God's leading is not something that, Lord, help me to be led, and he just strikes you with lightning. It's a process. It's every day. It doesn't bring glory. and It, doesn't, it, 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 it may come against your principle of self-preservation. But... It's about the promise of God. But the angel appeared to him. He's not done. In verse 21, he says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Think about how much was writing on that moment. The angel in this culture, the father named the child. They, don't, they didn't go through, oh, what do you think about this? And have all kinds of names and middle names and all that stuff. The father named the child. Because when the father named the child, the father was acknowledging that that's my son. That's my daughter. So the, ex- the angel just explains just enough. The baby's from the Holy Spirit. You're going to name him Jesus. That's it. Nothing more is said and enough details were left out, but Joseph received the message and followed through on the plan as if he had all the details. And in reality, we have to, there's going to be times when you don't have everything all structured out in your mind, but you got to follow along with obedience. Because following through with obedience, you cannot be picky choosy in what you're going to decide to follow through on or not. The Lord, and, and he says, you will name him Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. So Joseph is commanded to personally name the child. And this is deeply significant, again, because it means that Joseph, in naming the child, acknowledges that Jesus is my son. See, I mean, biologically, biologically, Jesus really was uh, the son. uh, He's the son of God. But when when we flesh this out in everyday culture, Joseph was not the son of Jesus. The, the father of Jesus. But in Luke chapter 1 verse 32, the angel says to Mary, speaking of Jesus, that he will have the throne, talking about Jesus, of his father, David. Think about it now. Joseph, the son of David. Mary, also from the same tribe in the same family. Jesus, just born through Mary. And in Luke chapter 1 verse 32, it tells us the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. So what G- Joseph had to do was not only name Jesus, and in the process of naming Jesus, he was legally adopting Jesus as his own son. So in legally adopting Jesus as his own son, now Luke chapter 1 verse 32 comes to true and, and the prophecy is fulfilled, where Jesus is now taking the throne of his father, David. Until Joseph adopted Jesus, Jesus was illegitimate. Think about it now. So Joseph could have said, you know what, Mary, I love you. I think you're a nice person. I'm not, I'll help you raise the boy. And you know, I don't like Jesus. Let's call him Jose. Just, I like the name Jose. 
I just, I, 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 I mean, but then Jose doesn't mean Emmanuel, God with us, right? I don't know what Jose means. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph had to name him Jesus. Adopt him now. So we have all of these Old Testament prophetic words saying that Jesus would be from the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus was not the lion of the tribe of Judah until Joseph legally names Jesus, legally takes him as his own son. So Jesus is the son of God. Legally now, he's a son of Joseph. Think about it now. So we go from saying, that's not my son. We go from saying, I'm not, I'm not taking ownership of this. That is not, it's not my idea. It's not my son. And it's not my plan. We go from that to now Joseph saying, that's my son. I agree with this. I am adopting him. And it wasn't about Joseph now. Because think about your decisions. Think about the times you say yes to God. You think it just affects you. Well, you're, you're, you're absolutely wrong. Think about when you say no to God. You think it just affects you. Well, you're absolutely wrong. Joseph now, his yes and his agreement to name Jesus affects us right here, right now. Because the only way that this ancestral line would continue on to bless us is if Joseph went ahead with the plan and said, yes, I'm going to adopt him as my one and only son. I love him. I'm going to raise him. Because now all the Old Testament links to the New Testament now. Think about the time that you were here. Think about for some of you parents now who, who you've adopted children. When you've adopted children, your children, you, it was a legal transaction. And they have your last name. Freddie, Sonia, am I right? And you don't walk around saying, um, oh, these are our ch children. And then these, they're adopted. You say, these are our children. They all have your same last name. They all are in line for the billion-dollar inheritance that you're leaving behind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you receive that? There you go. <laughs> so so it's, it's all in our paper? Every single one of those. Even the ones, you went to the courthouse, you signed your name, their last name, their, their last name. You took, they took on your name. They took on, and, and, and we have... Uh, uh, sister, my, my wife's brother's wife, my in-laws, her, her brother and her in-law, they have uh, one child that's theirs, and they have four children. They all belong to them. Okay? Three of them are adopted. Two of them are from South Korea. So when they walk around, they say, these are our four children. They don't go, oh, these are, this is our blonde, fair-skinned son, and... <laughs> The Korean kids, they're adopted. They say, these are our children. Paul says, the New Testament says, tells us that we've been grafted in. That we're adopted. And it was necessary for you to be adopted by God. Because the only way that these promises can flesh through all the way from Adam and Eve. All the way through the patriarchs and, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All the way through into the present day. The only way it can happen is if God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. He said, I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. That is the only way that we can claim the promises is to ascribe ourselves to something that completely doesn't make sense but has incredible benefits like peace and salvation 
and, and blessing. And don't you dare reject something doesn't, because it doesn't make sense. Does, don't you dare abort something that you think, I didn't come up with that idea, is a complete disaster, and you're ready to get rid of it. And God says, no, time out. Hold on. Keep your mouth closed. I'm part of this plan for all of mankind. Think about when you say yes to God and think about when you say no to God. Your decisions have a very, very powerful, ancestral, and influential dynamics. Think about it. You're related. God adopted you. You're related to God. Okay? So if you were to do the Ancestry.com kind of thing, if you ever do that? Every time I started, I stop when they ask for money. <laughs> so they give me stuff that I'm like, this don't make any sense, but they want money. And then they have the one, I don't know if you ever did this, I don't know how much it costs, well, you give blood and then they'll tell you, if where, you know, exactly pinpoint where you come from and, and what tribe and all that stuff. And so, but you're related, your DNA is part of heaven. We were red-headed stepchildren on the outside. We, we, we didn't count. We were, we, we, our involvement in this was zero until God said, it's time for the adoption proceedings. You're mine. You are not your own. I paid a price, a significant price for you. And, and Joseph now, think about Joseph at any time could have said no to one. He says, you know what? I agree with the whole thing, except I don't like Jesus. I like Jose. It wouldn't have worked. Because we would have been singing, tis so sweet to trust in Jose. And it wouldn't have worked because Jose's not the savior of the world. <laughs> so Joseph could have taken one small detail and said, I agree with everything except this. I don't like this. God's not interested in what you like or don't like. God is not interested in what you like or don't like. God has a plan for mankind. And you're, and me, we are a small part of it. And if you decide to do your own thing, it affects the person next to you. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. So you may see something as, doesn't make sense. It wasn't my idea. It's not my child. I, I don't know where this is coming. I, 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 I'm completely, I rebuke it. I'm a completely against it. But then we have to come to terms with the reality. God is involved and we got to claim that promise and we have to adopt it as if we came up with the idea even we know we didn't. God is saying, my plans are higher. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The way I think, God uses a little bit more of his brain than we do. So when God says, this is the way it has to go, my trust factor is always challenged when I see something fleshing out differently than I had in my brain. Don't get me wrong. I love the promise. I love Jesus with all my heart. But when I see something, I'm like, I immediately say, God, is this really you? But God is so powerful he works through madness. He works through chaos. He works through storms. In fact, he prefers working through those things because he knows those are the only things that keep me close to him. 
So is there ever a time when you're going to go through a period where you're completely free from burns? Maybe. I don't know. But I realize that those things keep me close to Jesus. Me being needy and desperate. Me saying, I don't know God is what keeps me close to him. I don't have clarity, but wow, I have understanding. God, are you, it's possible that God may be speaking to you through, think about your story. You have a past story, you have a present story, you got a future story. Think about your story now. Maybe it would qualify for a drama on TV. Maybe it would be a horror. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many different shows on TV. It's all crazy. And maybe you can characterize your, your present story as, yeah, this, this is, if I were to write a book. You ever think of writing a book? I should write a book. This is what it would qualify. If God is in it, the process is what brings glory to God. How you respond, how you decide to, I think it's time to keep my mouth closed right now. Let that be a great lesson. When you're really tempted to speak, say nothing, because you can't regret something you never said. And you can't take back something that never left your mouth. So if you keep it in your head, it doesn't count if you never said it. Think about what God is doing in your life and just take your hands off of it. Angels said, listen, Joseph, you better take her as your wife. He didn't say, and you know what? Take her as your wife and why don't you guys go on the internet and find out what's the trending name right now? What's the trending name right now? Call him something nice that has meaning and give him a nice middle name. He said, he said you will name him. Listen up. This is important. You will name him. The only way this is going to work you're going to have to name him Jesus. Jo Joseph, repeat back to me what I said to you. Repeat. This is important because Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is going to flesh out now, is going to save his people from their sins. Joseph, you got it? You got it? So whatever God is unfolding in your life, it's not about being perfect. It's not about precision. Oftentimes when I feel like, man, I'm really just, I'm not getting this right. But God, you know my heart. <laughs> Don't you ever say, God, you know my heart? Because immediately, because God sees what's on the inside. And if he sees that you just want to please him and, and, and bring glory to his name along the way, you trip, you fall, you sidetrack, God puts you on track, he knows your heart. It's not about you. It's about God using you through the promise. So what makes you really valuable is your yes. I would discourage you from saying no to God. Yeah. Good thing at times I said no to God. Yeah, it wasn't good. But I can think of the times I said yes when I wanted to say no. Oh, there are times I said yes and I wanted to say no. Think about it. Think about your current story and how Things are kind of moving, and you're, it's like, what in the world is happening right now? And God is saying, gotcha. I got this. I got this. God, you got this? God says, I'm working through it. It's the only way this is going to work according to the kingdom standards is if you let me take control. You let him take control. So think of your current story, how it's like, 
talk show. It qualifies for talk show. And God's saying, still, close your mouth, remain still, ponder, and don't go on Facebook and ask 5,000 people to pray. Because who knows what they'll be praying. They may be praying this crazy stuff. But God already said to you, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. Ponder, remain silent. Hands off the project and watch it unfold right before your very eyes. Father God, thank you. Thank you, dear Lord. Because in the middle of the storm, Jesus, Jesus has this way of sleeping when we need him the most. You know why? Because he don't, he don't he's never had a panic attack. He don't stress. He slept during the storm because he's the Prince of Peace. Lord, I pray for those who are here right now at this moment who would qualify. Their lives, their story right now would qualify for a sensational reality TV show that other people would be addicted to their story and DVRing their, their story, fast-forwarding through the commercials because it's just so crazy. But God, you're in it. You are in that right now. I just feel led to pray for those this moment right now that you really need a strong dose of encouragement you are at your lowest point and you just need Jesus really you just need Jesus you need divine intervention you need God to come through but the reality is he's going to come through but he's going to come through to his standards and version if you're in that right now where your story qualifies for a storm written drama TV show and you just need encouragement I want to I want to pray for you where things are just not making sense and you're questioning God, you're questioning yourself, you're questioning everything good around you. And it's just, if that's you, don't you just let me know, raise your hand, I'm going to pray for you. I see you, I see you, God bless you, I see you. It's alright, this, this is the place of imperfection. If you're perfect, you're not going to fit in here. I see you, I, all these hands. Can you, guys, can you guys do me a favor? I really feel like I want to make contact with you. Because I, I want to, I don't have it together, believe me. There are times that we have walked through stuff where we have said, Is God, where are you? And God says, right in front of you. And we're always looking so far. And what God is doing is right here and now. So I want you to, if you raise your hand and you need prayer, I want you to come to me. Come, come up to the altar, I want to pray for you. Thank you for listening. Tony Paolo is the lead pastor of Restoration Church. If you would like more information, go to restorationchurchri.com.